Shut up and sit down. Alright, welcome back to episode 4, part 2. This is starting our first business. So last time we were talking about PC Cruisers, and we talked about all the cool stuff. Hang on, hang on, you are... Oh, sorry. Yeah, by the way, this is Hernan Cias. This is James Cias. And we're with uh, Business Bros. We're the Business Bros. And we're on Cias First. Brought to you by Cias First. Brought to you by Cias First. So last time, again, last time we were talking about PC Cruisers, and we talked about all the cool stuff, right? We talked about building the company. Which was a lot of fun. It was, dude. It you know, was. some of those things that we didn't get into, and let me, let me kind of touch on this stuff a little bit. So... When we, when I was working for that subcontractor with Cox, they worked on a piecework type of basis. That's right. That's right. right. A point so system. A point system. So, uh, you know, with, with this particular company, when you install an additional outlet for cable, it's a certain amount of points. If you cross-sell them from the high-speed internet to the phone, it's a certain amount of points. If you do, you know, whatever sales that you do, there were points. They're points. And, and you each get paid point had a value points. system. So we used that same premise to pay our employees. That's right. Every That's right. time that they did a certain sale. line of a certain sale, a certain line of business, they got a certain number of points for it. Right. So we had a we had a diagnostic system, right? So that's how that's how we pulled our our customers in. We said, "Look, we'll go out." And whose idea was this? This was the old man's idea. The old man's idea. Well, I'm telling you, that old man had dad, a lot of ideas. Dad a had ideas. a lot of ideas. A yeah. lot of great ideas. He did. He, he he's, did. He's a visionary in a he lot is. of ways. He is. He's a visionary an e. in life. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he an was, entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur for yeah, sure. For sure. So anyway. he, uh, so so we used the same payment structure for our employees. So we said, all right, look, we have a free diagnostic for our employees, or for for our customers. Sorry, for our customers, with a twenty dollar trip charge. With a twenty dollar trip charge. So at minimum, it was going to cost them twenty bucks for us to go out there, but we would diagnose their problem, right? Which was almost always a format reinstall, anyways. Right? <laughs> almost always. It's it's not. Anybody's fault other than Windows 98. We blame Microsoft. We blame Microsoft at yeah, the time. Yeah. So everything Microsoft's always fault. crashed. It would suck. So we'd have to yeah. wipe it out and reinstall it brand new. It was two things. Let's be honest. Microsoft was one of the problems. What was the other one? You don't have to save everything. Well, okay. You don't have to save everything. Porn. Oh. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, the the phone calls you got right, and is usually it was a guy, right? Like, dude, you need to get over here like a creepy, now. Weird looking guy who should not be living this close to an elementary school. <laughs> Maybe, uh, right? I'm just saying, uh, dude. It was it. It didn't matter. Married, unmarried, creepy, not creepy. That is true. It that was. True. It's, I it mean, was that's everybody. Almost, Let's be it honest. Was it's ninety nine point nine percent. It's everybody, and it, and it, you know what it really was is people didn't know how to. People didn't know how to browse that stuff because, like, when you're looking at that, right? You click on something, a picture, a video, whatever it is, and when you click on it, this fake 
blue screen of death pops up in your screen that says your computer's going to crash. Click here to save it or something like that. And you're like, oh, my God, it's a blue screen of death. I'm going to so click on this. Click on it. And it installs That's some kind problem. of a virus in your computer, some Viruses kind of malware. Yeah. Thank so you, Microsoft. Much. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Microsoft it was the flaws. Was weak, bro. It was the weak. flaws in Microsoft back then that got us job security at the time. Right? I mean, we were fixing. It was job security. So 99% of the time, we were fixing. Thank you, Microsoft? Yeah. Porn problems. Porn problems. Right? And, and you Hashtag know porn problems. Hashtag porn problems. Yeah. But it wasn't. Look really, for us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't always at the time that the person was looking at porn. It was just that porn was the thing that was prominent in advertising. It was pop-up. It was, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Well, yeah, I mean, the internet came out, and boom, like, the porn industry erupted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still pretty prevalent today. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, like, that was, wow. But but that's what kept us secure, right? It did. I mean, that's why, you know, it was the urgency. It was the embarrassment of... Something popping up on oh your computer, God. right? And it was like, oh you need to get here God. today, like, right? My wife cannot see this. Right. right. Yeah. So are you available like now? Now. Right? Well, now. it'll be take about two hours. Fine. Get here. And get here. They were willing to pay almost whatever it cost to get it yeah. wiped out. Honey, I don't know what happened. You know, the computer just started acting crazy. I called these guys that we saw on the penny saver and they came over the same day. They, they fixed cleaned it. everything out, and boom, we're good to go we're again. We're good to go. Yeah. We're good to go. So, I mean, everything was good. Everything was awesome. Sorry we lost baby's pictures from her first birthday. Yeah. You oh. know what, though? Back then, pictures weren't that relevant. We were still developing film. We were still developing film. So it wasn't that big a deal. But It I mean, sucked. It sucked. But it wasn't everything. Mm, it wasn't everything. So, you know, at the time, everything was going great. But, uh, you know, that and that was part one of episode four, right? Everything was going good. We we had revenue coming in. We had four employees. We opened up a store. We opened up a store. That was the old man's dream. It was. It was. And it was the one idea of his that we shouldn't have listened to. We shouldn't have listened to that one. I no. mean, don't get me wrong. We should have had a location. But not a storefront. It, we did not need a storefront. We didn't need a storefront. We could have saved ourselves a ton of money if we'd just had a office space, office space, a shop, a shop, a shop for our text to work in. That's it. But we didn't actually need a retail spot, right? That cost us way too much money. This is where we got into, you know, learning about how businesses operate. So we had to sign a lease, right? Right. And, and like I said, like I said, in episode one, uh, you know, PC Cruisers Inc. itself was a baby. It, it didn't qualify for anything. Nobody nope. would give anything to PC Cruisers Inc. unless Hernan Cias signed for it. And why did Hernan Cias qualify? Well, Hernan Cias had, had a job. Hernan Cias owned a house. Hernan Cias was making mortgage payments. Hernan Cias had, had a, a car payment that he had paid off. He had a I good mean, credit history. Yeah, Hernan Cias so, had great credit. So it was it was it was easy. They said, "Well, if you sign here, you get the lease. 
if you sign here. You know, that here, almost reminds me of how easy it was to buy that first house. It was. It was easy to get into our Just first lease, here. wasn't it? A couple ink signatures and you're good to go. Yeah. And so, and bada so. Bing, bada boom. You know, we, we signed the lease. Um, prior to that, they said, well, in order for you to get this storefront, kind of like the house, right? You always have some sort of stipulation. So yeah, you qualify for the lease. Uh, you just need to get general liability insurance. What? We got to get what? You got to get general. What's a general liability? What does that even mean? I don't even know what that is. So by the way, nowadays I could break that down for you. (laughs) See? Those that's things, what I do. That, but see, that's the thing is, is back then this was the first time we got into it. Yeah, that was foreign language to us. And we we hit up Lisa with Titlo Insurance. Lisa with Titlo Insurance. Oh my gosh! So we sat down with Lisa and and we told her, hey, you know, we started this company and we're making all kinds of money. We need to move into a storefront, and uh, they said we needed this thing called general liability insurance. And you do insurance, so help us out. And I remember her sitting there thinking, how old are you guys? <laughs> you guys are like 21, 22? Hang on, hang on. Because it was more than that. I mean, she's giving us that look. But at the time, we're literally sitting across the desk from her saying, by the way, we're a couple of badasses and we're going to retire by the time we're 30. So give us what we need now. That's true. That's true. I mean, inflated egos, like, right? Inflated egos because this business was doing so good. Right. We were making so much money and we were hiring people and we're like, hell yeah, we're getting a, an office and we're doing all this advertising and we got all this money rolling in. Like, we bought a car and we're, dude, like, we're killing it. By the way, at this time, I dropped out of college. Yeah, that was when you that was when you were like, why the hell am I going to why college? Why am I, I even going to college? Why am I paying SDSU com, uh, tuition right now? Why? I said I'm like, why are you commission? Yeah, why do I need to pay college something? This is stupid. I don't even know what I'm doing at this place. I had no major selected. I had I, I dude, I was unknown. And then somebody told me liberal arts, and I was like, oh, okay, oh, like okay. I had no reason to do that. But I ended up dropping out of college. I was like, dude, I'm making more money at this business than. Anything I've ever made before. Why the hell? Wasting money at college. Wasting money at college. So I dropped out. We go sit with Lisa. We have these inflated egos. She's looking at us like, wow, these are like little kids in here asking me for stuff. (laughs) For sure. But but mind you, this is not long after the dot-com boom when plenty of 19 and 20-year-old kids made millions and lost it. That's true. That's true. So, so this is she after the dot com boom. You know, she was she she was older than us, so she was probably experiencing something of that nature. So she probably saw us as like, oh my god, I have these dot comers that are yeah. going to make it. Absolutely, that are already making it. And I mean, mind you, I didn't you know, have, probably if we had had a decent dot com, we would have been better off. We probably would have been better off. But anyway. Anyways, so that's another thing. So we've plateaued. We got this storefront. And honestly, honestly, from the point we got the storefront is where our demise started to happen. All of a sudden, we had a lease overhead. We had yellow pages overhead. Employee overhead. Employee overhead. We had merchant accounts. We had merchant accounts. Vendors. Ongoing, uh, what, what we have. I mean, we had to keep the lights on. We had to keep 
water running. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of running, yeah, whatever. But toilet in the sink, but yeah. But, but I mean, we had to keep everything going in that office. Our, it was our overhead was so high, and our revenue, our revenue was high. Our revenue was good. We were definitely making a lot of money, but we were spending so we're much money at the same time. Spending way too much. We had plateaued, and here's the bottom line: is accounting. There was none. There was none. I mean, we had no idea how much money we were making from one month to the next. Dude, remember we had that Chinese place next to us? Uh huh. I mean, we literally would take money out of the cash register, go buy lunch, right, <laughs> and and eat. And and that was it. And that was it. And we didn't bother to know how much that was. No, none at all. No, not a clue. I mean, and th- and that's the problem with being young and naive and having success at. And, and not having a team. And not having a team. We had no clue. It was just us. You know, I'll be honest. To this day, I have no clue. Because there were no records to show any, <laughs> any of the clues. Right? I don't know how much we were making. I know we paid guys. Right. I know that we paid them their, their when, wages. When their wages were due, they got paid. They got paid. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And when the lease was due, we paid the lease. And when and as long as there was money in that account, it was fine. It was fine, right? I mean, that was basically it, right? But we had no clue what was going on. We really had no clue, and you know, to make matters worse, we didn't adapt, right? There were a lot of things that we didn't do when we plateaued that we could have done to change a lot of things. We didn't treat our business like a business. No, we, we treated, treated our like business a hangout. like a hangout and like a piggy bank. And like a piggy bank. It was not, uh, although it was a business, it was a legitimate thing. We could have taken that to the hill. I mean, I always I always talk about the Radio Shack example, right? The Radio Shack idea. Oh, now, this my is, gosh. This is, this is Don's claim to fame. He <laughs> says, he says, for those of you out there, he says that he single-handedly could have saved Radio Shack. Now I saw Radio Shack on its way out, right? Radio Shack. For it those of dying. you, for those of you who listening to us who have never heard of Radio oh Shack, God, or who there's people out there, there who don't are, know what Radio, know Shack Radio Shack is. is. So Radio Shack was this unique little hut, right? Like a, a little shack, exactly how it sounds, and they would sell unique parts to radio CBs. Uh, remote controls. People out there don't know what Radio Shack is. They don't know what CBs are. Oh, man. CB radios are like ham radios, right? So They're basically, like, like any time that you need that particular little electronic piece, right? You need to convert your HDMI to USB, right? And then convert your USB to lightning cable so that you can plug that sucker into your iPhone or whatever. Like... That's what Radio Shack. That was, was Radio Shack. So, so That's now you go Shack on Amazon, you order it. And yeah, no, no you totally find it on Amazon. You get a two day shipping. Bada bing, bada boom. But before, but before, yeah, before there was no, there was no Amazon. So it was Amazon just, sold books. Yes, Amazon sold books. Amazon sold books, and so did Barnes and Noble. Yeah, saw a really cool chart today, by the way, of uh, where Amazon's. Stock has gone since its uh, IPO compared, compared to Barnes & Noble. Noble. <laughs> <laughs> but again, right? That 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 brings you back to where PC Cruisers was. We could, in my opinion, I could have taken it. If I would have been paying attention to a business rather than 
rather than having fun, honestly, in my own house at 20, 21, 22, right? Rather than doing that, if I would have focused on my own business, where my business was, where my business could go, I think I could have saved Radio Shack. And if not, it could have been PC Cruises. We could have transitioned into cell phones. We could have been continuing with the repair market into cell phones, whether it's whether it's wires, whether it's screens, whether it's touch screens, it didn't matter what it was. We could have transitioned ourselves into that market had we been paying attention. Had we been paying attention. And, and that's that's the key. And, and that's the hindsight behind it. I mean, Radio Shack was the local Amazon before there was Amazon. Right. When it comes to electronics. I needed a specific guitar wire. It was at... A, it was at Radio Shack. Was that Radio if I needed Shack? a Every specific time. fuse, it was at Radio Shack. Every if time. If I needed a uh, battery size, it was at Radio Shack. Hell, I could have put together an entire motherboard by buying all the parts at Radio Shack. That's what it was. Resistors and capacitors and, you know, everything. So, so imagine computers changing as often as they did. All the pieces were at Radio Shack. Imagine transitioning cell phones as quickly as they did. All the pieces were at Radio Shack. And so Non's idea at the time was to insert a PC Cruiser's repair shop into, into radio every shack. Radio Shack. Into every Radio Shack. And think think about this. Even to this day, when your cell phone breaks, there is no specific spot you go to to fix it. You go to the mall and you go to that guy. But there is no branded place you None. go to fix your cell phone but if we had been doing that and we were able to brand that at radio shack you could have fixed your cell phone at a pck spot in radio shack in radio shack and and you can you didn't even have to call it radio shack it could have transitioned to cell shack or whatever it is cell shack right but it didn't matter the point was that the infrastructure was already there the vendor structure was already there the branding was already there, but they didn't see it, and we didn't see it, and we couldn't merge. I mean, I was a tiny fish in a big pond. Oh, yeah. But but it didn't matter. The The idea and the concept was there, and nobody capitalized on it. Nobody. Nobody capitalized on it. So, anyways, what ended up happening? The conclusion to PCK. Ooh, the downside. The downside. So, I mean, that was our plateau. That was when we had hit our peak. We had reached our maximum market. We were making as much money as we were going to make in doing what we were doing at that time, the way that we were doing it, advertising the way that we were. We pretty much had reached max capacity. We plateaued. We plateaued. It was the top. It was the top. We made as much money as we were going to make in our limited micro market unfortunately at our plateau our expenses were more than our revenue revenue right because we i mean mean, think about it because of all the investments that we had made in advertising right i mean we're trying to grow right and and being young the only thing you know is well if you want to grow you advertise more that's right that's what we knew and so that's what we did. And back then, advertising was different. It wasn't social media advertising where you can do all of that for free. Not yet. I mean, it was there. We had a MySpace. There was MySpace. There was MySpace. But it wasn't as big as it was as it is today. The, the concept of that wasn't 
uh, prevalent. At the time, if you had a social media account, it's probably because you were some sort of sexual predator or you had, you know, you, you don't date people online. That's weird. You don't talk to people online. That's weird. Yep. I mean, all that, all, it had such there's, a there's negative a, connotation to there's it. There's a thing time. that, that, uh, there's a meme that I love. It says, uh, something like when I was a kid, everybody always told me never get into a car with strangers. Now, I use an app to call a stranger to come pick me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the difference, right? It's, it's, it's the mentality. It's the, it's, it's how we see the world. It's just different. And so back then you didn't go online to advertise. Why would you go online to advertise? I mean, imagine today you have Tinders and you have Facebooks and you have Instagrams and have all the meetups and yeah. all these things to, to network together. But well, back not just, then, not just that, like that, but you know, if your computer breaks, you just pick up your phone Yes. or you pick up one of the six computers in your house. Yes. You know, no you, big deal. Your, your computer, computer breaks be your TV. Right. Exactly. But back in those days, there was one computer in the house. That's it. And so all of your advertising was hard advertising, paper advertising. Yes, yes. So we were very invested in our paper and other advertising and our lease and our employees and our other bills that we had to pay, everything that we had to do. uh, And it was all piled up on us and we had plateaued. And we, had and we were not making any more money. And the worst thing is we were locked in. And we and were locked and in. And here's the thing. PC Cruises was not locked in. Hernan Sias was locked in. Right. Hernan Sias was locked in because he had personally signed on that debt. All of it. All of it. So, fast forward a few years. Well, a little, a few months. Yeah, a few and months. It didn't uh, take long. I mean, we were bleeding Five to six thousand dollars a month. Yeah, it, it was. It doesn't take long. It was harsh. What did we end up doing? Basically, we refinanced the house a couple times. We right? did. We, we did. did. We refinanced. Some of the money we used in a positive way. We ended up buying more rentals, or a rental. And that rental property, I mean, it it was it was an awesome experience. We ended up buying something in Las Vegas, Nevada, which was pretty cool to be going to Vegas to collect the rent. So I mean I, I can't I can't say that that was all bad it was just um you know No that was one of the greatest experiences that we had when it came to real ex- real estate investing Right but when it comes to PC Cruisers the rest of the money that we pulled out from the home uh from our home went into PC Cruisers and we were bleeding I mean we were bleeding a lot of money we didn't have any idea how much we were actually bleeding but we knew that it was not good we knew that we were in the red. We knew that we were in the red. So uh, we had some personal issues that you ended up having, you know, you ended up leaving. Yeah, you know, 20 years old. No, actually, by this time, I'm 22 years old uh, or, well, 21, whatever. Late 21, about to turn 22, whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, I had this girlfriend that I was completely head over heels in love with, and I've always been the more... Uh, emotional type and you wear your heart on your sleeve wear my heart on my sleeve uh got that got that birthmark right there um but yeah you know i had this girl and she left me broke my heart and i said f this i'm out of here let me get out of san diego 
easy way to get out. Let me go join the Navy. Oh, man. And I mean, it was quick. It was very quick. It was, I am joining the Navy. By the way, I'm shipping out on this day. <laughs> it's like next week. And uh, peace. Yeah. Uh, sorry, by the way, uh, for all the stuff that I'm leaving you with because all that business and uh, real estate and et cetera and so on. Yeah, that's on your plate now. Bye. Bye. So so James goes off to boot camp and I'm left with this company, this computer company, which, mind you, he was the guy who went to work at the computer company. He was the guy who worked at Cox Communications. He was the computer guy in a computer company. And I was left with this company. I knew nothing about the technicalities of the company. Now, that's no By excuse. By the way, I haven't said this nearly enough, but thanks for not hating me after <laughs> that. Because, like, stuff like that could literally break families apart. And here we are still recording a podcast. We're still cool. You still my bro. You still my business bro. Dude, we're, we're still good. We're still good. But, but... Even even then, at the time, I didn't I didn't think of it like that. I, you know, in in hindsight, the fact that he left doesn't change the fact that I could have saved that business, right? Not knowing the technicalities of the business is not an excuse for letting the business fail, although the business did fail, right? And in the failure is where I learned most of my experience, right? In the failure, I learned, oh my gosh, there's employment taxes. Oh my gosh, there's corporate taxes. Wait, hang on. We weren't paying employment taxes Dude, prior we didn't to this play point? hardly anything. And and that's kind of the the thing that, you know, once I started to close things up and I'm trying to dissolve this corporation and I'm trying to I'm trying to get out of these leases and get out of these uh, marketing things, I'm like, wait, I owe what? I thought the corporation owed that. No, you personally signed for that. What? Oh, oh wait, you owe uh, employment taxes. What What are you talking about? Yeah, according to your tax returns, you earned this much money and you paid this much in employee, employment uh, payroll tax. You owe this much in taxes. What? What are you talking about? Like, I didn't know these things and I didn't understand Ouch. these things. And so what ends up happening is, we sell our house in San Diego. I sell the, the property that we invested in in Vegas. I take all the proceeds from that and I end up closing things out and filing for Chapter 7 bankruptcy personally. Personal for bankruptcy. For all of that stuff. That for you all the stuff. Because I talked to an attorney and they're like, that's probably the best bet for you to do, blah, blah, blah. Mind you, this is uh, about 2006. So this is when the economy is going bad. So I'm one of the first batch of people who file for bankruptcy before the large batch of people file for bankruptcy. And so I, I didn't understand the difference. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew enough to say that I am wiping the slate clean to start over. You know, on the bright side, I mean, look, bankruptcy sucks, right? I personally have not gone through it. You know, and I'm and I'm sorry that I left you with that and you ended up going through it. But on the bright side, you were 22, 23 years old at the time. That's what the attorney told me. And and, and at, at the same Plenty time, like, of time, the attorney was telling me, he's like, dude, you're filing for bankruptcy after taking a huge risk. 
that most people won't take in their entire life in their entire lifetime and and it's and it happened and and you know what but but on in hindsight the fact that i went through that actually helps me out when i talk to my clients today and i'm like dude you're not even yeah you could file bankruptcy but you could fix it before you get to that point and in hindsight when i look back on this on on where we were at at that time and when i filed for bankruptcy i filed for bankruptcy and i think you i think i was like like eighteen thousand dollars in debt you're kidding when me. it when it all came down to it i think i was like 18 grand in debt so it wasn't even in a position where i should have filed for bankruptcy That's, yeah but but the attorney, I'm sure at the time, was like, hey, I'm going to get my two grand out of this guy, and I'm going to do all this stuff, and it's cool. whatever, no big deal. Slimy-ass attorneys. But, not all of them. But, I know, I know, I know. But at the same time, he doesn't know the situation I'm in. 18 grand to to a 20-year-old kid could seem like a grip of money. Right. You know? and and He has no idea that the first time we refinanced the house, we pulled 50 grand out of it, and, and 18 grand's like... You know, and I remember, oh, cool. I remember asking the attorney, how long before I can make real money again? And he's like, as soon as the bankruptcy proceeding is filed by the judge and he accepts it and your your case is closed, make as much as you want. And I was like, okay. How long did that take? I mean, I filed for bankruptcy and I think it closed in 2006. And in 2007, I did my first flip and bought the game truck. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, kidding me. So, I mean, a year later. A year later. A year. Hang on, hang on. Let me let me make this point for anybody who's listening out there. One year or less after filing bankruptcy, you flipped a property and bought a new business in the form of a game truck. Yeah, but but it's because it's because PC Cruises opened my eyes to you know. Failing opened my eyes to a new idea. So right after PC Cruisers failed, the very first thing I did was I signed up for H&R Block's tax course. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, what? I owe taxes? Uncle Sam who? What? (laughs) Taxes, what? There are two things in life you can't avoid, bro. Death and taxes. Death and taxes. Right? And you didn't know the first thing about taxes? So so that was the very first thing I did. And and I remember at that point, I've always been a good student, right? I've always True. I was I dropped out of college to run this business and then I had I had you know, when I when everything was said and done now I I didn't do this legitly, right? I mean I filed bankruptcy, but what I did was I sold properties and I liquidated cash and I pulled out cash Kind of kept it under the pillow, filed for bankruptcy, all that stuff, whatever. You're supposed to report all, you know, whatever, whatever. Sure. I mean. Okay, but I didn't do that. I whatever had, you can get away with, you can get away with. Right. I so, mean, what what do people do when they when they file their tax returns? They hide as much money as they can. <laughs> they try to. Okay. I mean, that's, that's the so idea, isn't did, it? To pay as little as similar, possible in taxes. I did taxes. something similar when I filed for bankruptcy. I ended up with 20 grand in cash, right, after I closed everything out. And I used that money to get married. I mean, that was the most ridiculous thing I could do is get married. After I went broke, I had no degree. I had no job. Hey, I had at least no you knew she wasn't in it for the money. She wasn't in it for the money. So I had, you know, 20 grand. And that most of that went to paying for a wedding and surviving for the first six months of our marriage. I mean, that's just the way it was. But, but I mean, understanding what went down not personally signing for debt 
understanding that there's employment taxes, understanding that there's payroll taxes, understanding that there's corporate taxes, that there's income taxes, all these things that I didn't know before, now I knew and I wanted to know. So when I went back to school, I had a purpose. I knew exactly what I wanted to go to school for. I needed to know the numbers. What did you end up going to school for? Accounting. Accounting. Accounting, because I needed to know how the numbers worked, right? I was not going to make this mistake again. I made the mistake the first time. Success is a poor teacher. It just is, right? It doesn't teach you anything. All it taught me was, sweet, I have money. I can go next door and buy Chinese food. It didn't really (laughs) teach you anything. Failure taught me a grip, right? It taught me a lot. So from that point forward, there was no way I was going to make the same mistake twice. I learned about accounting. I learned about taxes. I learned about planning for the future because I knew that I was going to do this again and I was going to do it right. Better. Better. Right? So, I mean, it was the greatest business education of all time. Of all time. Absolutely. I mean... Sure, I ended up broke, but again, broke is a mentality, right? Broke is a mentality. It's Poor temporary. Is a mentality. Broke is temporary. Broke is temporary. I was broke for a short amount of time, and then and I built in a it back shitty up. Apartment. Oh, dude, I was living in I was living in a shithole apartment, and I was I had no job. I had no degree. I didn't know what you know what I was doing for money at the time. I was playing poker. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Oh, what was it? Little little guy with the... Uh, I still have that. He's the home repair fund. The home repair fund. Yeah. And, yeah. and I started with a couple grand. And I'm like, dude, I'm just going to go play poker until I figure out what to do. And my goal was simple. I make $100 a day. That's it. I go. I make 100 bucks. I don't care if I went to the casino and I earned 100 bucks in two minutes or I earned 100 bucks in three hours. My goal was $100 a day. Once I made $100 a day, I cashed out and I left because I had to pay bills. Right. And that's it, right? It didn't matter. And that got me from point A to point B while I finished tax school, while I, you know, got myself a job, got myself in line. But well, first of all, I mean, that just says something about you and your poker skills because to make 100 bucks a day in poker, it's amazing. How, uh, here, here's a good question for you real quick. What if you weren't winning that day? How much would you be willing to lose? Oh, that's funny. So I took $200 a day with me. Right. If you lost 200 bucks, that's it. I either walked away losing 200 or I walked away winning 100. But that was it. There was no in between. I like it. So I only took cash that I was willing to lose to the casino, but I walked away at a certain point. Now, when you say that, that reminds me of, you know, kind of an investment uh, mindset. Only put in as much money as you're willing to lose. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's a, it's skill, but it's also a mindset. It's what you're willing to give up. Right. Right. And your intent is not to lose. Of course not. You're your not going in to with win. the intent to lose. No. But understand that that is definitely a possibility. So Because sometimes the cards are just not in your favor. Sometimes the cards are just not in your favor, dude. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. Now, sometimes you have pocket aces and you get beat with four-of-a-kind kings. And now, if we're talking poker, it doesn't always take the best hand to win. That's true, too. You play the cards that are dealt. And so, and you play the players. And you play the players. More so importantly, I didn't have you to, play the players. I didn't have to have the best hand to win. 
I just had to play the best to win. That's it. And so, and and that comes down to your what competitive we're doing here. Leo. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, okay. competitive Leo, being the best Leo I could possibly be. But <laughs> so I mean, and and that's where this you know part two episode comes into play, right? I I was dealt a good hand, and I crapped it out. PC Cruisers was a good hand. Good, good job on the analogy. I like it. PC Cruisers was a good hand. I misplayed that hand. Right. But there was no way that if I was ever dealt that hand again, I was going to misplay it. There was no way. I'm learning what I needed to do. And if I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be a bigger mistake. And it's going to be a better mistake. <laughs> but it's not going to be the same mistake. But it won't be the same mistake. Yes, sir. You know, and, and that's kind of where we're at, you know, today. It's, you know, we've built pipeline insurance. And even pipeline insurance, I've made mistakes. But they're not the same mistakes I made in the past. They're new mistakes. And I've bettered the position where I was at even in that to what we're doing now. Right. That's the skill. Right? right? That's, the, that's, the, that's the ability to take a failure and turn it into a success. Alright, that's the end of this episode of Business Bros. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at CSFirst.com. Oh, sorry. At CSFirst for Facebook. CSFirst for uh, Instagram. Turn on CS at Snapchat. Trades on the road on Twitter. And www.CSFirst.com for all your real estate needs. And again, make sure you uh, drop us a comment. Let us know. Ask us some questions. We'd love to answer your questions live on the podcast. And eventually, we're going to get to the point where we're videotaping our podcast or maybe doing it live. So drop us some questions. Make uh, your conversation the conversation of topic. All right? So until next time, peace, and I'm out. Bye-bye.